You are listening to the Boundless Enigma Podcast with Sam Zins and Ryan Mulkentine. On this podcast, we dive into the mind, reality, and existence itself to provide you with boundless ideas and insights. I was just talking about um, moving. I just moved out of uh, my mother's house, so mm-hmm. I'm in my first place of my own now. Um, so I've had a couple hectic days here, but you know. We're getting in the swing of things, um, kind of trying to roll with the punches, so to speak. Yeah. You know, learn. Um, so, like, the, with the excitement comes stuff that just, you know, other possibly negative things that come up with the change. Like, there's exciting things, then there's the, the like, problems that might arise, like Wi-Fi issues or, like, you know, having roommates now. Like, what – talk to me about, like, that experience so far because that's that's a major – like that's a big thing, dude. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, the yeah, the big big change is obviously being yeah, I'm living with two people that I have never lived with before, um, and obviously like they do things differently than I do, and as I you know I do things differently than they do. So, you know, just kind of learning how to work with each other. You know, um, so far no no issues. You know, I I don't have a problem. I mean, like I said, we all function differently. So there's obviously things that I would change maybe around the house that they have currently and I'm sure they'd be vice versa. So, you know, but it's nothing, nothing, no, uh, no negativity in, in any yeah. way, but, um, you know, but just, you know, it'll take time to just adjust, uh, not to mention just a new environment to adjust to, you know, I've, I've been living at my mom's house now for three or four years. So I, you know, learning how to, you know, live in a new environment, uh, yeah. but not to mention I'm living in the city now. So, it's it's a different feel. Wow, okay. Where you're are you down in Clifton? I am, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So nice. it's, it's 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 a new it's a totally different environment than being out in a suburb, you know. So Yeah. How do you feel about like being like kind of in a more hustle bustle area? Um it's going to take a lot of adjusting uh, because, you know, I'm I tend to be a more I'd say laid back kind of person. So I, I like to be take things more methodically and slowly, but, you know, not that I can't still do that, but just kind of learning to do that in the midst of, you know, the car honking and, you know, ambulances flying by yeah. <laughs> and people just walking outside of my house, all these things. So it's like, you know, just adjusting to all that is definitely going to take some time, but I, I feel comfortable with the whole thing. I'm, I think it, I think it's a good learning experience for me because like I said, I'm, I've not had any, any of that. So just kind of learning to like adjust to the whole uh, hustle bustle environment is definitely going to be a change hmm. for sure. But, That's cool though. I feel like I was yeah. so excited when I, I mean, given I was like a freshman, but like, so like hmm. three or four years ago, but yeah, I was so, I remember being so excited when like I got my first place on my own. I yeah. don't know. I mean, cause you, you've had a lot of freedom already. Like, living with your parents like you you kind of had like free reign to kind of do what you wanted and mm-hmm. i feel like i didn't totally have free reign when i got my first apartment so like it was so like the freedom and possibility that just like opened up in front of me like <laughs> i was like so excited and i i really went crazy with it honestly yeah because i just hadn't had a taste of that freedom so so much 
the past. That's so interesting. I was going to ask you what it was like as a freshman to move out. Because, you know, now I'm like, I don't even know. What what year are we? Like, freaking junior, senior? I don't even know what we are. Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly, ever since high school, I just haven't even kept track of what, like, year I am. But, you know, point being, like, it's definitely a different experience as a freshman, I'd imagine, moving out than where where I'm at right now moving out. So, like, it... So you said you went crazy. Did did you feel like you just, I don't know. Like, like, it's like, know, what is that? It's about? like, imagine like you were like really hungry. And then all of a sudden you were left alone with the giant feast. <laughs> <laughs> and you could just eat whatever you wanted. Now, given after you eat, you know, you're going to kind of probably have a stomach ache, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had a couple hangovers in there, some really bad ones. I had a couple like, you know, bad like dating scares with some like crazy Tinder dates and stuff. And like, <laughs> but like, it was at the time it just felt so good to just shove yeah. the food in your face, just eat the yeah. cake, eat, yeah, keep eating like... the cake, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like it after a while, like once you get once you overeat too many times, it just becomes like unappealing. And then you start to like moderate yourself. Like if with using that analogy, it's like, yeah. I, would, I slowly like, like I have great memories of like going crazy, but at the same time, it's like, I don't have any desire to, I don't even drink anymore, dude. I haven't like drank alcohol in like a month and a half. I haven't had like a glass of beer in like a month and a half. Like I have no, <laughs> I totally burned through all of that stuff. Dude. But yeah. at, the, at the beginning, Oh, it just felt so good. <laughs> yeah, because that's just something that you had never had before. So I that, that makes complete sense that that would happen, you know? Like yeah. me being in the position I'm in, you know, I have been able to do all these things whenever I want anyways. Yeah. So like me moving out, I've, it's a totally different situation. It's like, yeah, yes. I, I, I can definitely see what you're saying, though, about seeing the feast, because in a sense, I do see that feast. But I think just because of, you know, the the time of my life that I'm in, it's a different looking feast than maybe what you experienced as yeah. a freshman. Um, Definitely. The feast that I'm seeing is like, oh, wow, like I I can uh, schedule my life exactly the way that I want it pretty much now. It's mm-hmm. like I don't have any responsibility to, you know, do things that my mom wants me to do, you know, yeah. and, and all these things. And that's not like I'm not going to help her ever with anything, but it's like. Now that like I'm not living under her household, yeah. I don't have that responsibility anymore. Because it's, it's my roommates aren't gonna like text me and be like, "Hey, make sure you do like all the dishes and all these things tonight." It's like, no, like this is this is, these are my dishes now. So it's yeah. like I'm gonna do my dishes, you know. So right, and it's, and it's like you kind of like even though you didn't like move out and like when I moved out, it's like at the same times I think we were both experiencing like kind of going a little crazy at the same times anyway. Like yeah. Like, I I assume I don't know. Like, yeah. did you did you ever have like a period where you kind of like, oh yeah, like drank a lot or like you know got really high every day or something? Yeah, oh one hundred percent. It was it just had to be a little more discreet because you know yeah. I didn't have my own house, you know, and yes. like you you like you did where I was like, and I'd imagine your feast was bigger than my feast potentially because because <laughs> of the fact that you were able to do whatever you want. But um, yeah, but no, I definitely did, you know, and I think that's a normal thing to go through just. Yeah. You know, you 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 catch a catch a little bit of freedom like that, and it's like, oh my god, like this is crazy. I can do this, you know. And it's like, then you just you do it, all right, you know. So it's like, you know, like I, I yeah. had a friend's house that you know we could go to, and his parents were pretty chill. So 
we would just yeah. go over there and that's where the feast would tend to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it because like it put me in a position now where it's like, I realized like, Oh, that was kind of crazy. Like I don't want to ever like do that again. Like, not that I never yeah. want to get like, super drunk or super high ever again, but it's like, I never want to be doing it as often as I was. So. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, fun. I mean, it just, it just like, it gives you a perspective. It gives you, I think the importance of it is like you get to taste it in a way so that you know, like you're not really missing out afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, like I think like it's called like burning through karma. Like when you have like specific periods of your life where you feel like you need to experience things or do things. Like mm -hmm. some people go through a hoe phase where they just like sleep with a bunch of people because yeah. they've been completely without sex like their entire lives and mm -hmm. then they suddenly like are open up to the world of hooking up and then they're like thrown into that yeah. or there's like like me like the drinking thing my freshman year like i got to experience it but now looking back on it, it's like well now i know i'm not missing out and mm -hmm. i know that like it that's not the stuff that makes me happy it's like finding peace and enjoying things as they are right now is what makes me happy yeah. but to only the only way to know that that that's the case is to like go through all the other stuff and burn through all the other crap you know definitely definitely i think it's definitely important to experience things like that and you know i think that's the importance in in being um you know at least for parents to be um like respectful of their their children's you know desires i guess you could say because it's like you know yeah. if you didn't you know i i feel like if if we didn't get to experience that um that kind of like craziness for a while you know then it, it could have turned into something worse because then it's a little more secretive and it's like oh it's yeah. just like very like yeah like oh like, should i be doing this and then and then you know it's like you know it's you keep doing it yeah it's like it, do you want to like kind of allow the their development to happen in that way which is it's necessary to kind of burn through that karma right mm -hmm. Do you want to allow that and support them in whatever way that you can and give them advice and guide them through the process? You know, let them get burned a little bit. Let them, you know, get some knocks on the head throughout the process so that they're <laughs> learning. Or are you going to be the parent, which I've actually seen somebody whose parents are like super overbearing, won't let them do anything. And it yeah. drives the kid. It drove this person to like the extreme where now they're like a drug addict mm -hmm. and like they're just not good in the head because they felt like they have all this family shame placed on them and they can't go and talk to their parents because it's, they're so against it and mm -hmm. they're so far down this rabbit hole. And you know what I mean? It's like, it, you have to, it's just not a good. It's just not a good way to go. You got to be more allowing and like allow the process to like go the way it's supposed to go. Because like I went through a crazy period. I, I'm going to expect my kids to go through a crazy period. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you can't expect, you know, somebody to not do that, you know, it's like, 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 what, why, what do you think, like, if you really think you can stop somebody from actually, like, from doing something, then you're just very naive, yeah. because you, you can't stop somebody from doing something. So you may, may as well, not, not necessarily allow them to do it, but not, you know, shame them for it, you know, because that's just yeah. going to cause exactly what you said, with that uh, person, you know, is it's just going to cause them to go deeper down this negative rabbit hole. And, and not feel um, safe with talking about it to anybody, you know, I mean, and that's super important to feel safe to talk to people, you yeah. know, because that's, it gets dangerous when you, you know, get bunched up in your own little, little rabbit hole, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and can I twist, can I twist this topic just a Dude, little bit? Dude, of course. 
so I was talking to my girlfriend last night about things. Um, and so backstory on me for people listening, as you, as you know, my parents got divorced when I was like 15, I think, I think it was 15. And anyways, after that, I, I sorry, backtrack even more. Um, I feel like in, in our household, I never saw what, um, you know, like love really was like, because, you know, I, I, I got love and I saw love, but it was like this, like, it, it wasn't to the fullest, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. to what I now see is possible with love. And so anyways, but so after the divorce, it, it I feel like it caused me to like go in, in my own rabbit hole, so to speak, of not being able to talk about it because I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was about because it was never really shown to me, you know? So I feel like that is comparable to what we were just talking about in the sense of, you know, you, you, you don't show your kid the ropes type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, you know, retract and try to figure it out on their own. And things are going to seem like a tall task and they're going to fall down in their own rabbit hole and things are just going to be suppressed, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. Interesting. I guess I never thought about like what, like how love being shown like with the parents in impacts like the like kids in a way like yeah like i don't know i mean my parents were like super affectionate but like they like they were still like give each other hugs and like cuddles on the couch or whatever so like i did yeah. i did see that and like i think my my parents like unknowingly modeled like healthy relationships mm-hmm. in a way. well not in the beginning actually they had a period where they really they they went at it with each other for like i don't know there's a period where like they had a rough patch yeah and you know but i don't really like remember that i think i must have been like too young i like barely remember that so my Mm -hmm. memories are mostly of like them being very loving to each other in a way and who knows how much them fighting when i was younger has actually impacted me without me even knowing like i don't even know yeah absolutely absolutely you know and then that's not necessarily a bad thing that you know they went through rough patches because like everybody does you know yeah. and, and obviously when you're living in a household with somebody day in and day out like tensions will get high at points you know it's like it's bound to happen kind of ridiculous to think that that wouldn't be the case so yeah. you know but no i mean i, I was actually going to say I, I remember going over to your house when i was younger and seeing your parents being affectionate and and, and not you remember not, something like that i do remember that because you know like i said hmm. i grew up in a household where it was you know almost felt weird to do that, you know? And I never felt weird when I would see like your parents or and not just your parents, but like other parents of my friends yeah. that I'd go over and they act like that. But I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, wow, like that's kind of crazy. Like it, 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 it almost like threw me for a loop. It's like, well, yeah. that's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. I think like people, people like where like the, how it shapes them in a negative way when things aren't modeled. Like it's just like a, a product of, of, modeling the parents Mm -hmm. but it's that like that love isn't like withheld from any one person at all like that that state of being able to love somebody and like being able to access that kind of love like Mm -hmm. no matter whose parents you've had no matter what you know what i mean like if one kid has parents that like hated each other and fought all the time versus the kid whose parents like 
loved each other so much and were visible, you know, maybe that one kid has been conditioned now to like be uncomfortable with love and the other kid being comfortable with love. But the two kids are still kind of on the same playing field because that, that state of love is always available. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it is. It's just about what have you been conditioned? It's not about like what is possible to access. It's just one kid is, is like reminded somewhere in the subconscious that that's okay. And one kid in the subconscious is thinking it's not, but, or, or just kind of confused about it. You know what I mean? But the love is, is always available. Yeah. It's just about allowing yourself to access it. Uh, absolutely. And, and I was going to bring that up. That's actually exactly what I was telling my girlfriend about. I was like, you know, like she'll there like I, I think I've got, I've grown so much in the realm of love, but yeah, I'm still I, I still have that what you were just talking about that subconscious like um, resistance towards it at times where you know it'll it'll feel weird and I'll, I'll like I can literally like feel like this is what in my mind this is what it looks like I'm doing it it's like it's like I do that you know it's like I yeah. like covers and it's like and it's so subconscious it's not yeah like. And and I, but looking back on it, like I I see myself do that from time to time. I will literally feel in my mind it do that, and then I'll just move on, you know. Yeah. And that's just something I need to get better at is 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 falling into it and looking at it instead of looking away from it. Right. Look at it, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean that that there's a whole section of psychology dedicated to this called like shadow work, you know, yeah. and like our shadow selves, like the parts of mm -hmm. ourselves that we feel like we're either like ashamed of or like something that like we're uncomfortable with about ourselves mm -hmm. and it's about like and basically like the solution to it is allowing it is basically notice the parts of yourself that you don't like or find negative mm -hmm. observe them and love them just give those parts of you love just observe them and say ah wow that's that's interesting that's there wow well you know what i'm gonna love that part of me anyway and and then in the loving of it, it transforms it and dissolves it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, I, the the visual that I was talking about last night was, I imagine myself looking this way, and there's just just plain a plain grass field that an endless grass field, and there's just nothing there. And then you turn around, and there's this like huge like city, you know, mm -hmm. and and what I, I feel myself do is, you know, I'll turn and I'll look at the city. I'll be like, oh, my God, that's that's a ton of crap, you know. And then I, I look back at the grass because it's like this is easier to look at. There's not much here. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Yeah. So what can be very helpful is just like you said, just like turn and like look at that city and just don't be yeah. worried about everything that it holds and just look at it, you know, and, and fall yeah. into it. And and that's just all it takes, really, you know. And um, yeah, it's honestly it's honestly easy even though it doesn't feel easy. Yes. I think like we as humans feel like we have a natural tendency to like get away from things that make us feel negative and go towards things that make us feel good. Like, I mean, that's, it sounds like the most simple and obvious thing in the world, but like it's important to like think about this because when it comes to like parts of ourselves that maybe we don't like, we just run away from them instead of facing them. When yeah. the counterintuitive best thing to do would actually be to face it head on mm -hmm. and accept it and allow it, which is like, what? How does that make sense? Yeah. Because in a way, even though it might be hard, think about in the long run, it's like delaying gratification. It might be difficult in the shorthand to face it, but then once you do face it, 
and love it and accept it and dissolve it, then it feels even better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it sounds so counterintuitive because it's, it just, it, it feels like it's going to be this, this bad thing, like overwhelming yeah. thing. And, you know, it might, let's say it could be it bad. It totally and, could be. And it could be overwhelming. You know, it totally could be. But in the long run, yeah, it's so much better to just do it because you're going to appreciate that you did it. You know, I mean, you could, yeah. you, you could keep delaying something or you could just keep, or, or you could just face it and then boom, you know, it might be a rough day for the next yeah. like two days or a week or however long it might be. But then after that, that time, it, it just, it's things get better, you know? So yeah. Interesting. Have you been learning anything like new recently or have anything that's like, I don't know. Cause I feel like usually there's like something that there's something new that we're like learning about individually. Like we oh, come together yeah, like, oh, I mean, like, what's this? You know? I mean, the, what well, we just talked about, that was one thing. Um, yeah. But true, true, um, true. Um, uh, this is more so a fact type of thing, but I, I, found out that we have about 12 to 60,000 thoughts every single day like that's pretty insane um yeah I've been kind of thinking about that recently and it's like wow I I honestly before I looked it up I I guessed that we I had like maybe like three four thousand thoughts every single day yeah <laughs> like I had no idea it was 12 to 60,000 so it's yeah it kind of goes to show like how subconsciously we think right Wow, I mean, and it goes to show like how much we're shaping our reality constantly yeah. with our thoughts. It's like every few seconds, it's like you're evaluating good or bad, this, that about something yeah. with a thought, like you're yeah. placing your thought veil, your thought lens over whatever you're looking at, you know, yeah. like, it's like, I mean, how I think our heartbeats like, let's look it up. Let's look it up. How often does the heart beat a day? A hundred thousand times a day. So basically for every two to three heartbeats you have, you're having a thought. That's pretty insane. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like that's how constantly you're putting over the lens of thought over whatever's appearing in your reality. Man. And you know, that just, I feel like to me, it just makes it so obvious that it's so important to be aware of thoughts, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not saying every single thought, but it's important yeah. to be aware of like the bigger thoughts potentially, or and not even just, right. the, not just the bigger ones, but just in general, it's important to be aware of thoughts, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's interesting how like a thought can really influence how you feel. Mm -hmm. Again, sounds obvious, but like, I'm just like thinking about like some times where like I would look at something, think a thought and then have a negative reaction to it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I think we, it's easy to like skip over the fact that we just had a thought and mm -hmm. we immediately make the association between what's in the reality that we're seeing and the emotion. And you're immediately just like this thing negative instead of thinking like, oh wait, actually there's an inter intermediary step that is happening up here. Literally every two to three heartbeats. It's like, that's, yeah. it, it's important to have a method to stop and observe the thoughts so that yeah. you can understand how you're placing a lens, which is where like meditation and mindfulness come into play. It's what everyone talks about. It's got some truth to it. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 
I, I'm trying to put my finger on it. What, like, what is a healthy amount of awareness of thought? You know, like, how, what, what is that? You know? Oh, I mean, like, the great, like, spiritual mystics and Zen monks or whatever, like, you know, they, their goal is like samadhi, like in Hinduism, it's called samadhi, which is like the state of no thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. like the ultimate, like, if you can if you can learn to get into a state of no thoughts like all like on command like you're a master like that is the end goal of of that stuff mm-hmm. so like to them like you it's possible to achieve that but i don't know like how so basically seeing things exactly as they are for what they are without any thought lens at all which is crazy yeah that that is that really is crazy cuz it feels like even when i have no thoughts there's still a thought about having no thoughts. And so then like, you haven't. So then you're not. You haven't stopped thinking at that point. Then right, right. But even, you know? even, <laughs> even in. I know that is that is very true. But even in like moments where I'm not thinking about having no thoughts, there are still thoughts. I I, I feel like there's still like subconscious thoughts. Like, is yeah. it is it really possible to have no thoughts? I think it's possible according to the spiritual literature, you know, (laughs) but like, do I think like for my personal experience, like I, if you spend an hour in meditation, meaning just like sitting down and consciously trying to observe and slow down your mind, Mm -hmm. I think you can drastically slow, slow it down. Like, I think Mm -hmm. you can, I think it's possible. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's possible to slow it down. I don't know. Oh yeah. To the point of no thoughts. Like, I mean, maybe if you're a monk who dedicates their entire life to meditating, like maybe. Right. I don't. I don't know if it's realistic for like the average human. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's definitely not a practical thing to accomplish. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I made a YouTube video, uh, like a month ago or like a month and a half ago about like, like what what should you do if you don't feel like meditating? Hmm. And like, basically what I was saying was like, don't force yourself to meditate. All right. It's like people, whenever you have to schedule and force yourself to do a habit, it's like, it never works. Like everyone just gives up after like day three. So it's like, instead, like what I like to do is I just like to like bring a mindful moment to like whatever my day is like Mm -hmm. take three minutes and mindfully do the dishes, observe it and be as, as at peace with doing the dishes as possible. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, that's just, and that feels so much better because it feels like you're not pressured to do it. You're just being mindful for like one moment a day. And that feels like so good. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good point because we don't always have the, uh, not, not necessarily the time, but the energy, I guess, to want to meditate every single day or being but being mindful every single day is feels far less strenuous because yeah. you know you can just take like three deep breaths before you leave the house you know it's like that kind of thing um i mean i i just did that like a couple of days ago i didn't feel like meditating so i just was like you know what i'm going to take three deep breaths before i leave the house and it it made me feel so much better and also it 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 it, it almost it's like a form of keeping the habit going even though you didn't actually just perform that habit, it's right. like it's like okay, like I still did this. I'm getting better every single day, but I'm not forcing myself to get better every single day. You know? Yeah, 
Yeah. So and and that like I feel like that stuff adds up over time because if you can keep you know doing that and even if every like two or three days you feel like you know I don't feel like meditating I just want to take a few deep breaths before I leave the house it's like it still keeps you on track with meditating yeah. you know if if that's what you want if you that if that's what you want to do which that yeah. is what I want to do so yeah agreed agreed yeah. um have you heard of something I'm totally gonna switch gears here. Cool. Have you heard of something called QHHT? I can't say I have. No. So it stands for quantum healing hypnotherapy. Okay. And it's pretty crazy, dude. It's pretty <laughs> crazy. So I was introduced to the topic by Jack Birding, actually. Do you know, like the guy who was on like episode 11 or 12 or something like that? Yeah. Episode 13? I don't remember. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and he did QHHT, which is basically, um, it's a hypnotherapy. It stands for quantum healing hypnotherapy. So it's a hypnotherapy where you get into this like hypnotized state and they take you into like the deepest hypnosis state they can. Wow. And it starts to like you, your personality and mind like kind of goes to sleep and your subconscious mind comes up. And so as they're asking you questions and they record this whole thing. And so as they ask you questions, they they're talking to like the deepest, most subconscious part of you. That's like basically impossible to access in every day that, but the subconscious mind, this is, this is what's like kind of controlling you and like at the deepest parts of the mind, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially they get you into the state and they do this, they ask all these questions and it's like an hour to two hours. They get it all on camera. So you can like watch your session back when you're fully back and like see what your subconscious had to say. Yeah. And some of the stuff is like super crazy. Like it's talking about like your purpose here on earth. Like, like what's your purpose? Like, what are you doing alive? Like you can ask that and like, you'll come up with like an answer for yourself about like, what am I really doing here? Why am I alive? Wow. And it's like, crazy. yeah, and you can get some like crazy answers. Like who's to say like, it's, it's real. But like when, if you were to watch a session of QHHT on YouTube, like you can watch someone's recorded session, mm-hmm. it will give you chills, bro. It's insane. Yeah. I'm so I'll definitely give that a look. Um, you know, I, I feel like people, some people maybe get scared off when they hear hypnosis because it's, yeah. it, it sounds like a, like a very like loopy, like, um, wizardry type yeah. like thing, you know? I know, I know. It totally can scare people. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, for a while I was, I thought of that as being such that, what I just Dude. explained. But, but then I, I looked into it more. I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually legit stuff. You know? Yeah. Or like stuff. maybe like you have like again this, these are just like thoughts that are masking what's reality right so it's like mm-hmm. when you think of hypnotherapy like you think of like magicians and like doing an act yeah. and how like magicians are always doing you know it's always fake magic and stuff and so like when you see a hypno hypno trick person do something yeah, like that you're like oh whatever it's just yeah whatever some sort of trick yeah but in reality it's like th- there's actually like practicing like hypnotherapists that help you like get rid of addictions, deal with like phobias with hypnotherapy. 
So yeah, that's so cool. There's like a basis for this in psychology. And um, I think was it uh, Freud or Jung or I don't know, one of the great old psychologists mm -hmm. was working with hypnotherapy. Mm. And when he would get people into the deep, deep, deep hypnosis, they would start saying some like crazy shit and it scared him. And so when he like advised people to like do hypnotherapy, he was like, don't get them into a deep state, like get them into like, a, like a mid mid level hypno hypnosis state. Cause that's where you can do like the psychology work and like the therapy and stuff. Because mm. when you would get, when he would get to the deepest levels of hypnotherapy, people would start like channeling God and like saying like really crazy, like spiritual shit yeah. and like how, and, and like, I don't know, but he got like freaked out by it because yeah, it was I, just some crazy stuff that people were saying. Yeah. I, I'd imagine that if you're going to take somebody, somebody to that level, you would have had to have been to that level yourself because then it wouldn't be as scary. You know, yeah. that, at least that's that's what it appears to me. But that that stuff is that 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 stuff is very real. Um, it's just all about like surrendering to the process and the whole technique, you know, and Dude. not not fighting it. And that that's what meditation is. It's it's all about surrendering surrendering to yes. meditation. Bro, okay, I have two thoughts. First one, first thought is that surrender has been like a huge topic for me. Like in the last week, I've really? been like totally yeah. yes, like I've been learning about surrender and like practicing surrender on, on a deeper level than ever before. Wow. And it just, it, oh, life feels good, dude. That's awesome. Second thing is I have a QHHT session tomorrow. No shit. That's yes. awesome. I that know. I'm so super cool. excited. How do you go about getting one? Uh, how do you go about getting one? Um, there's a website like that's like the, the hub for it. And okay. you can like type in on, and the maps like directory and find people and the like really professional practitioners of this, they charge a lot of money, but there are people that are training to become those practitioners oh. and they're required to do free sessions and they have to get like 20 free sessions under their belt before they can become a paid practitioner. Oh, wow. And so I found, um, like a, a trainee, like an intern cool. who's who's like practicing sessions before they get certified in Chicago and they're going to come to my house my apartment tomorrow and we're going to do a session dude that's sick that is know, so cool right yeah man you're gonna have to let me know uh or we're gonna have to talk about it on the next episode that is yeah. awesome dude it's recorded so yeah. I'll get to like I'll I can send you some like clips of stuff to see what crazy stuff I say if if it yeah yeah if it's true <laughs> Damn, we'll man, that is crazy! Wow, I, dude, that that's awesome. I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to see clips. But um, yes, I don't know. It's so like, what, what are your thoughts going into it? Are you um, like, what, what, what do you think? Well, I'm nervous. Um, I feel I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Yeah, I, I have. I mean, you know, I'm skeptical, but at the same time, like, I'm very. From the evidence I've seen, like, I expect some sort of experience to happen whether mm -hmm. it's like my subconscious mind or like something crazier that i'm not even aware of like yeah it does it doesn't matter like i know that something something's gonna happen throughout the session because jack burning you know he told me about his experience and i've seen other sessions on youtube and like 
dude, it, like I said, it gives you chills. Like it is, it's just, you have to, I can't explain it. Yeah. You just got to like take a few minutes and like watch some of like someone's session. Right. Oh, and it makes you like want to do it yourself because it's so interesting. (laughs) Dude, that's, that's awesome, man. Well, that's, that's exciting. Um, yeah. On, on the topic of therapy, um, I, my therapist has suggested I could try, um, doing some kind of hypnosis. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but maybe I'll, I'll have to ask him about what he does. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll give that a try. I've never, never given, given it a chance, but yeah, that's super cool. I I think, um, back to the topic of surrender, I, I think that's something that I'd like to incorporate more into my life. Um, it's just surrendering, you know, I feel like, I feel like I could use that. I think that would be very good yeah. for, especially the time that I'm in right now. It's just so applicable to like, so many things. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that you have like, a negative emotion, it's like surrender to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a positive emotion, like surrender to it, you know? Yeah. Anytime, you know, when you're tripping or you're taking an edible or something it's like what do, what do you do to start feeling good surrender, surrender. yeah you know no you're so, that's so true and it, it it it's like it's another one of those counterintuitive things you know it's like it doesn't make sense to surrender to it but it's so helpful in terms of discovering um what it what it's really about yeah <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, dude, so what, uh, what, what kind of things do you feel like you've been surrendering to these past this past week that you said you've been thinking about more? Um, well, like I said about, I remember like a few a few podcasts ago, I had my Kundalini awakening. Yeah, or like I had an experience where I had some sort of energy surge through my body. Yeah, um, you know, call it what you will. To me, I interpret it as a Kundalini awakening, which is basically this. Uh, Hindu term of like when uh, an energy, a spiritual energy gets like released in your body. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the first experience that really forced me to surrender. Yeah. Huh. Forced me to surrender to it. Cause if you don't surrender to the energy surging through your body, like it just, it's basically, then you have a panic attack because yeah. the energy is going through you, whether you like it or not. Right. Right. So that, you know, that's been teaching me surrender whenever I have, I don't have it anymore, but I, I had a mm-hmm. couple like energy surges like that every few days after that. So it forced me to learn deep surrender yeah. when things felt like very panicky. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, and I, then go ahead real quick to what you were saying about, you know, if you didn't surrender, you would have a panic attack. I, I think that it's important to also realize that we're not always going to be able to surrender that first time, like that first moment, you know? And if you find yourself in that position where you're having a panic attack, or even if it's not a panic attack and it's just like, you're just like nervous or just whatever it might be, you know, surrendering to that is the next step. You know, it's like, there's no, there's no time where you can't surrender. It's like, no matter how far deep into the negative rabbit hole you might be or whatever you might, perceive it as you can always surrender to it there's never a bad time to surrender to it yes and that's it goes back to like the counterintuitive thing about like facing the negativity you know Mm -hmm. 
because yeah. we have such an, an ingrained belief that like go away from things that make me feel bad, go towards things that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of a, like a panic attack, for instance, like that feels really bad. But mm-hmm. the way to immediately transform that experience is to surrender to it, which makes no sense in the in the paradigm of go away from bad, go towards good. Mm-hmm. But that's what's really going to make you feel the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's awesome. I think that's something I'm going to keep on my mind um, a little more this week. Because, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I um, actually back on speaking of Jack Birding, when we did the podcast with him, he talked a lot about um, it is what it is type of mentality and like trusting the yeah. universe. And yeah. that's that similar mindset of surrendering. Right. And I feel like that helped me a lot after that episode, just journaling about it and thinking about it. I was like, oh, just let things happen. Yeah. yeah. Like his message was like, like you're perfect exactly as you are. Like mm-hmm. in all of your junk, like in all of your like neurosis and like whatever bullshit you have going on, it's like mm-hmm. that's perfect as it is. Like come to it with a, come to it with oh. acceptance and love. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Ah, okay. There you are. You you broke up for a second there. <clears throat> oh, sorry. So I yeah, I don't know. Oh well. Um, but like how Jack Burdick was saying, how like everything, like everything is perfect as it is. Mm-hmm. And so like even with like all of the stuff that you think is bad about yourself, like maybe you have like a particularly judgmental mind, and you feel like mm-hmm. you don't like that part of yourself, or like you think that you know, you have this thing wrong with you. Maybe you're overweight. Maybe there's this other thing. Mm-hmm. but like but jack was saying like that's all like perfect as it is like yeah where you're at is is like is is meant to be here right now like it's it this is your life that you're that you're living through and it, it should be met with acceptance and love exactly where you are yeah absolutely and that's such a great me- message um that i wish everybody could hear because it's it's applicable to literally anybody like like the message says it's literally applicable to anyone and uh, it could help (sighs) so many people i feel like because you know so many people struggle with different things and even even subconsciously and i feel like even that message could reach the subconscious of people because it's so such a powerful thing to recognize yeah yeah i feel like i've been i feel like a Right now, there's kind of this um, de-religiousizing, like there's like this falling away from religion recently mm-hmm. that like America and like the world is going through. You know, like I think our generation is the least religious of any generation in the past. Yeah. But as like we get less religious, like we still kind of have this like spiritual aspect to ourselves that we feel is is uh, not everybody you know my sister Mm -hmm. for instance you know she doesn't she doesn't feel any connection like that at all and she's fine with that you know she's happy with that which is fine but there are some people like myself who feel like they have a very spiritual connection and you know i don't particularly like religion Mm -hmm. but i think there's this like i i think there's a genuine spiritual truth that's happening in this world but it's kind of being overshadowed by the age of science and the Mm -hmm. age of like uh empirical 
like hard evidence truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think like, and I think people are disillusioned with spirituality because religion was down everybody's throats for so long that they're just so sick of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but there's coming like, there's coming a point where the spirituality in general is still kind of, it still exists and people kind of have that need for spiritual mm -hmm. fulfillment. And there's just like, I feel like I've been experiencing a lot of kind of spiritual things lately. And I ha I've been feeling like a lot of people, it's just a very kind of uh, personal experience because I feel like a lot of people are kind of, kind of sick of it. And they're kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. Like that's, yeah, yeah. your Kundalini awakening, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. But I feel like there's some, like, there's some truth in there that needs to be explored and at least given a chance, you know? Yeah, no, no doubt about that. You know, I, I, um, I, I like to try to see all the sides of things and, um, I definitely see the value in spirituality and, um, you know, and also I see, you know, granted, I'm not a fan of religion, but I, I see the values of religion, kind of like we talked mm -hmm. about on the last podcast of, you know, the community it brought, um, or brings, I guess, to this day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, th I think people just get maybe turned off by the lingo, you know, it's like uh, of religion and spirituality, because it's like this thing that sounds like, uh, I don't know, it, it sounds greater than what it is almost. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't it, 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 when you say like spirituality, like I think people think of like something like a, a, apart from reality, like something like not, it's something that's like greater than than this reality itself but i mm -hmm. but i but my perspective is that like spirituality is is the explanation for reality in mm -hmm. its greatest form you know what Absolutely. i mean yeah like yeah and and you just choose to explain it in such a way that uses terms that include spirituality right and some yeah people... i mean i think the better it, it yeah. If I could like replace the word spirituality, like the word would be like metaphysical, meaning just like, yeah, phenomena that occur in the universe that isn't like concretely yeah, physical, you know, concretely yeah. like, you know, but it's yeah, like, absolutely. still, yeah, I don't know. Metaphysical is a good, is a good word for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, and I think spiritual is a good word for it too. Um, I just think that maybe you know, it depends on who you're talking about because, you know, some people don't like the word metaphysical, I'd imagine, you know? Yeah. So it's like, like you can never yeah. find something that everybody likes. So it's like, I think that it's important for us all to do things that, that work for us. You know, like I personally, like, I, I, I feel like I take a little bit from everywhere because mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it's just what works for me. You know, like, I don't really yeah. care, like, but I understand, like, I understand what you're saying when you're talking about spiritual spirituality kind of things. Cause I, like I said, I take things from everywhere. I consider myself a spiritual person. Um, and I, you know, and like I said, I, I like read Bible verses. I don't read Bible verses. Sorry. But like, if I read them, like I, I see the value in them. Like I see the, yeah. the, the golden rules and whatnot, you know, like I right. see it, you know, and I also see the science side, you know, and I see metaphysical, yeah. you know, like, so that's kind of my, my kind of whole feeling amongst the whole thing. But yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's weird when people try to like be like oh like that's you know that's like not right or something like that because it's like I don't yeah. know like if, if you really look at it you can see that there it is right it's just that's just how somebody interprets it right it's just it's like it feels kind of like a scary term it feels like kind of like a oh like 
not mm-hmm. scientific, like, eh, you yeah. know, but it's like, if, if you go and try to experience some, some spiritual truth for yourself, like, um, you can find like truth almost like as valid as something you could find using science, Absolutely, you know, cause Absolutely. it's in your direct experience. Yeah. And, and I think that's like a, a misconception is that like people want to like separate science from spirituality, from religion, you know, it's like, these are, these are all yeah. like, I mean, you might as well be comparing these things to, you know, this water bottle on my desk because they're all the same thing. It's all reality. Yeah. Like that's what it is. So it's like, right. No sense in trying to like discriminate. Yeah. And I think like as science gets deeper and deeper into the stuff it's exploring and finding, I honestly think that we are going to find out some of these spiritual truths in a scientific setting in a way about mm-hmm. like the, like the nature of reality, how like if you boil everything down, it's all just energy. Like that's literally yeah. string theory. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Hindu, the Hindus, uh, like truth core truth is that like everything is just energy like that's all it is and then science is like you know string theory it's like everything at the fundamental level is made of a vibration it's a vibration Mm -hmm. like that's it just an energy vibration it's like well that's that's the same thing just explained in different terms right exactly 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 so it 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 all connects like really everything connects there's no difference between anything you know it's it sounds really weird to say that but it's the truth you know, it's just like, why, why are we like, it, it's like p- some people think they're better than other people. It's like, why do you think that? Like, just because you yeah. have more money, like, why does this, this piece of paper make you better than somebody who doesn't have that piece of paper? You know, it's like, right. Yeah. Obviously, obviously in practical terms, it makes sense because, you know, that piece of paper can get you a house, <laughs> but in reality, yeah. reality doesn't care about that piece of paper. Right. Yeah, again, I mean, that's that, that's such an interesting observation of like, you know, how a thought layer over a piece of paper makes it incredibly valuable. And it's a yeah. thought layer that the entire world has. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. we collectively have the thought that this piece of paper is worth something collectively. And the only thing stopping that from not having value is the thought. Exactly. That's literally it. it it's It's all like this... You know, I, I love going back to like, who named a water bottle, a water bottle? Like, why is this a water bottle? You know, why it it it, it doesn't make sense, you know, and that goes for yeah. that goes for everything. Like, why is money money? Like, why is this that? You know, it's like, so if you if you break everything down to its barest, you know, value, it's like everything is the exact same because nothing is more valuable than than anything else. The only thing that makes yeah. something more valuable is because like, you know, a diamond, you, you know, there's not a million diamonds out there, but there's millions of water bottles type of thing. And you know, it's like, a diamond means absolutely nothing to a fucking cat. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a right. cat would, what's more valuable to a cat? Mm-hmm. Um, Probably cat the water food. in the water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's yeah. all, it's, com- it's completely subjective. At the end of the day, if you can come at, if you can observe the world from a samadhi state of no thought, Mm-hmm. everything is exactly the same in value everything is perfectly equal yeah and that's when like um in the bhagavad gita you know the bhagavad gita i'm not familiar with that now it's a uh it's like the most sacred hindu text 
And I'm not getting into, into like some Hinduism stuff lately, actually. Yeah, but, um, but basically what they say is like, it boils down to like, nothing is bad. Nothing is good at the end of the day. Like it's all just part of the greater flow of the universe, which is why like, it's like in, in a Samadhi state, no thought, you know, if you kill somebody in the abs, the most absolute sense, it means nothing. As yeah. a human being, you know, it has meaning because right, right. we have yeah. our own agendas and our thoughts about it. But mm -hmm. in the scale of the universe, the, the universe doesn't care if the lion eats the gazelle. You know, the universe doesn't care if um, there's racism. You know, the universe allows for racism to exist, actually. Yeah. The universe allows for death to exist. In the most absolute sense, it allows everything to exist equally. Mm-hmm exactly there's no discrimination whatsoever it's yep. it's it's kind of crazy when you boil it down to that perspective yeah it, it just makes you realize like wow maybe i should be a little less judgmental about you know other people and things in life yeah. you know it's the balance of like keeping both perspectives though because we do live in a human world you know and, yeah. and i'm a human i'm a human being which means that like they're on on yeah. some level like I, I do have things that I, that I value more than others, mm -hmm. but can you balance that with the other perspective as well and taking life a little less seriously, you know, and having a little more fun with it? Because yeah. at the end of the day, nothing, nothing truly matters in the absolute sense. Nothing matters as a human mm -hmm. things, things do matter. And so like, can you balance mm -hmm. both and live in both worlds in a way? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Just ha just recognizing that there is that practical side, but also there's the spiritual side. But also realizing while you have these two sides that they're both the same thing. <laughs> so yes. it's, it's like yes. this weird thing. Uh, you know? <laughs> yes. You just, just, you just perfectly described non-duality, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's such a weird, it, it's not even weird. It's it, like, it really isn't. I can't even call it weird because yeah. it's like, it, may, it, it makes sense. Up. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's awesome, man. That was great. <laughs> that was such a good thought stream. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was that was awesome. That was yeah. awesome, and that is what you'll find on the Boundless Enigma <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you never know. You never the know. value that we bring is just some crazy talks, and eventually, maybe we'll have we'll have a cool insight. Maybe you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Our values just hey. through the roof, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. just such a valuable podcast. Yeah, such a valuable. Yeah. We bring so much value to the marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow you know what our value is so high i think it deserves a five star rating on spotify if you're listening on spotify go ahead and hit that five star for us thank you very much <laughs> why don't you why don't you uh, oh man <laughs> anyways that was a great episode um, that was very good any last thoughts i'll, I'll update you on uh qhht i'll talk about oh. it on the next episode um absolutely yeah i'm gonna update you and then we'll go from there so thanks for tuning into the balanced enigma podcast we love you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us it's just so so enjoyable to have your presence uh over on the other side listening i'm, I'm glad that you're listening so thank you absolutely peace, peace.